0: This is the Gate Charlotte Podcast. You're listening to a message by Pastor John Matthews. I'll tell you right up front, I'm terrible with themed sermons. So we're good because anything that I preach about has to do with the resurrection of Jesus. So we're good. Like, we're good, right? So this is your Easter sermon. I want you to open up your Bibles, if you have them, to uh, Psalms 119 for me, (laughs) if you got it, if you have a phone, if you have a Bible, Psalm, this is a scripture that most of us know, Psalm uh, chapter 119, verse 32, I think, oh, I messed that one up. That's a great start, John. There you go. You got the wrong scripture right off the top. Well, the scripture that I meant to have says, Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And I want to talk to you this morning. Uh, Some of you are still looking for it. It's okay. I know it's in there. You can prove it to me later when you come up proud. I found it. (laughs) Love the Lord. Everybody say, with all your heart. That's what I want to focus on this morning is love the Lord with all your your heart. And I want to go after something. Uh, I want to break down a few things, but the word heart, the Latin word, I'm going to go teacher on you for a minute. The Latin word for heart, it, it's the word core, C O R, core. That's the word that we get courage. So the Latin word for heart is core, which is the, where the root of the word courage comes from. And I want to give you the original, the the definition for courage when it first came into the English language. This is interesting. The original definition was this. Courage was to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. The, The original definition of courage was to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart what I want to do this morning is I want to, I hope I can kind of redefine a little bit of courage because I want to take you hopefully on a journey that's not too long that courage, is, that courage is not something you obtain, it's something that you already have. It changes things because if you feel like you have to obtain courage, you fall into striving when it's something you actually already have. Do you understand that the enemy actually can't take anything from you? you got to get this. He's smart enough to convince you to give it away. But he actually doesn't have the authority to take something from you. He didn't have the authority when he came to Adam and Eve as a serpent to stick the fruit down their mouth. But he was smart enough to know that if I can convince you of something, you'll do it. One of the things about the story of Adam and Eve that we so quickly look over is that right up front, he lied, and they bought it. You want to know what the lie was? If you want to be like God. Well, hold up. Who are they created in the image of? This This is good stuff, right? The lie was to get them to believe that you're not already like God. I know, I know. We, we want uh, This is where striving comes in. If I work hard enough, if I pray enough, if I do enough devotions, great stuff. You really should do that. There's so many great reasons, but it doesn't make you more like God. Because from the very beginning, when he first created man and woman, they were created in the image of God. And the serpent came and said, well, if you want to be like God. Oh. And so what the enemy does is he comes in. He can't take it away, but he can convince you to give it away. And with the topic of courage, he can't come in and take courage from you. He can just convince you that you don't have it. (laughs) So if we add in another factor, and we add in some scriptures that I absolutely love, in Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, verses 8, this one's actually right. Romans chapter 6 verse 8 says Now if we died with Christ We believe that we will also live with him That was a real good spot for an amen Like there's, there's Sometimes we focus on dying with Christ When we're supposed to also live with Christ Dying was just to get to the living Kingdom of God's word like that You gotta die to live But once you do it you live Some people just want to keep dying I don't want to keep dying, man. It's like, I want to live with Christ. He says here, he says, He says. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. There it is. He set the example. He's not dying again. It's done. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting more excited about this than you. But it's getting me like excited. It says, Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Now I'm flipping over a chapter to Romans chapter 8, verse 10. And it says, but if Christ is in you, everybody say Christ is in me. Then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, and the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. Now, I want you to take these passages. This is like, you know... I want to take on the world scriptures you know what I mean like I I took you guys through Job a couple weeks ago you made it through Job good job like you made it through Job (laughs) or maybe that was last week but last week I've already put it out of my (laughs) show I walked you through the process of Job but I want you to see what's on the other side and here it is there's these passages about you're alive in him it's all about life you have to understand the kingdom of God is about life You got to die to get there, but it's about life. And so you take what I just talked to you about in the physical realm with this courage piece, with the heart, right? Even unbelievers, people that aren't children of God, have courage. So that's not something that's like just exclusive to the body of Christ. We see people all over the place that don't have a relationship with the Lord, and they are filled with courage. I mean, filled with courage. But you take that courage... That anyone has access to. And you pair it up with this scripture I just read from Romans that says, Now you live because he lives. You got something pretty special going on here that's really hard to get you down if you just realize what you carry. Because you are, like I said, every human being has this courage. Paul said something interesting in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He said, You're not just mere humans. I love this passage. Paul's talking about, uh, you can read it. It's like within the first five verses, and he's talking about, you know, who we are in Christ. And he says, what are you, mere humans? (laughs) Listen to me. If you're a child of God, you are no mere human. You're no mere human. Like, you got to get this. You're so much more. I was reading the story. How many of you know uh, one of the most uh, amazing stories is the story about a horse named Secretariat? You ever, you ever seen, if you haven't seen the movie It's a great movie Go watch the movie But this horse Set records that still stand today And it's just a phenomenal story But in the end When the, the horse died of something else And they did They don't call it an autopsy on a horse There's another name for it I don't know <laughs> But when they did that And they opened it up They found out As you probably know That this horse's heart was huge Like 22 pounds A normal horse's heart Was around 8 to 9 pounds Secretariat's heart Was over double The size of a normal horse's heart Love the Lord With all your heart And the beauty is Is when he comes over here And he steps in And he says You live with me Your heart grows And you're no longer A mere human it's the reason it's called supernatural You're not called to be natural Natural church is really boring guys I'm telling you I want to be a place that's filled with the supernatural activity of heaven Can I just say this oh, Tiffany wave at me if I get going too long The first time that we ever hear the house of God mentioned in the Bible You remember where that is? The very first mention Jacob's ladder, right? We see this place where Jacob has this encounter. He's running. He's not exactly in a season of prayer. Some people are like, oh, if I could just live in that perfect place. He's running for his life because he's scared. He's in fear. Don't don't hold God. Don't think that we can hold him back. God shows up to him, he's running, he goes to sleep, he pulls up his pillow. It's a rock. <laughs> I don't know, I haven't, oh, I'll ask one day. <laughs> Pulls up this pillow and he has this encounter. What happens? He, he sees this ladder that's set up. There's a ladder going from, it says from earth to heaven or from heaven to earth. And it says that the angels are ascending and descending, which is really cool because they're not descending, ascending. Yeah. Ascending and descending would mean to me that their primary place is on earth, they're not descending and then going back up that's just something interesting to me and so he sees angelic activity and then he hears the voice of the father and there's all this going on it says this place is Bethel none other than the house of God the very first one of the ways you study your Bible is to find out where was the first time it was ever mentioned because that's probably something we can hang on to the first mention of the house of God was right there what was present angelic activity open heaven voice of the father That is what we are supposed to be seeing with every house of God, is an open heaven, the voice of the Father, an angelic activity. In that moment, he defined the house of God. We'll get it. We'll get it. It's kind of like the name of our church, the gate. That's where we got it from. I just want to be a gate. I just want to be a connection between heaven and earth where people can experience. I remember when we had our launch, someone... Asked me, like, what what do you feel like your call is? I don't know if it's Bonnie Shaw or Robin McMillan. One of them tried to trip me up and I got him. They they asked me a question. I said, simple. I said, we're the gate. I said, we're just an access point where people can experience heaven through us. We are the house of God. We are a place where angelic activity flows. It's supposed to be what it is. That's it. And so one of the things that happens, though, is I know I can talk to you all day about how we have courage and we are alive, but why do we sometimes feel the way we feel? One of the roadblocks that I feel like God wants to demolish this morning is shame. I, I know this is a wild Easter sermon, right, or a Resurrection Sunday sermon. I, I just, I feel like we're going to go after shame because it's going to get get gotten, <laughs> When shame finds its way into your life, it attacks your courage. Shame is like spiritual cancer in your heart. It goes after your heart. And if you really strip back exactly what it is, it's what you think to be true about yourself. Shame is what you think to be true about yourself. Doesn't mean it's what God thinks, but it's what you think to be true about yourself. Shame attempts to rewrite your story. I want to show you a video this morning because I saw this online, and I don't know why it sparked, like, so much life in me. It's, like, 50 seconds long. But how many of you know that recently Tiger Woods won a championship, just a little golfing thing? (laughs) I, I, I saw this video, and probably a lot of you have seen it. But after he won, and this guy went through, like, just... Not many people would hang in there as long as he hung in there. I mean, it was embarrassing, humiliating from the top to the very bottom. But he hung in there. And last Sunday, I'm not saying it's because I preached on restoration, but I'm just saying it just so happened to be the same day. (laughs) But it was in my heart, something spiritually was happening when I saw that I mean I preached I went to lunch and everyone's texting me I don't even golf much and they're like are you seeing this he won he won after he won they showed him a video of all of his naysayers and they have the camera on his face watching them and I want you to see and hear this because this is what shame tries to do go ahead Andy can Tiger Woods compete with the Justin Thomas's, Jordan Spieths, Dustin Johnsons? No, is the short answer. I'm mean, get this question a lot. Do you think he'll return his previous form? No. Do you think he's setting the chance of being a Tiger Woods we once knew? No. No, no, no. Here's what's gonna happen. He is not ever gonna win another tournament. I don't think we'll ever see Tiger Woods win the golf tournaments again. He's showing up at these tournaments and pretty much knowing that he's he's not gonna be there. The short game is gone. His health is gone. The next press release Tiger Woods should release should be I'm retiring. I have considered him now for the last five, six years, a former golfer. You're washed. Just give up while you're ahead. Retire with some dignity. Tiger Woods that we all knew you will never, ever be that guy again. (laughs) Listen, there's some, that's, if I could play a reel of what shame is saying to you, if I could put an iPad in front of you with shame, it's rerunning everything about you that is not what God's speaking about you. It's rerunning everything. It's rerunning your mistakes. It's rerunning your failures. It's rerunning all these things in front of you. But he decided I'm going to keep swinging (laughs) Many of us has decided just to live with shame But the only reason that you would be okay with living with shame Is because you've already allowed it to rewrite your story Shame comes in and it wars with courage It wars with courage A Christian, a believer, a child of God living with shame Is like living with a heart attack every day It's trying to just tear your heart apart. And and when I talk about shame, it's going to get quiet in a minute because you're going to feel it throughout the room because everybody's got their stories. Everybody's got their stuff. And we're going to talk about this from an angle of what would it look like for a house that welcomes no matter what it is. No matter what the person's dealing with. Because there's two sides to this story. There's the person stepping out of the shame, and there's the person welcoming, welcoming them out of shame. You see, they may be stepping out of shame, but someone has to welcome them out. Messes just—they don't scare me. People's messes—they don't bother me. It's one of the reasons when I when I spoke with David over the past just couple of years of getting to know his heart, I could see he doesn't—he's not scared of messes. I'm like, you're a great pastor because. You can't be scared of messes. But the only reason we get scared of messes is because we get overly impressed with sin. And the only reason we would be overly impressed with sin is because we don't know how powerful the blood is. I'm not impressed with sin. I'm not impressed. It doesn't bother me. I mean, in the sense of, like, it doesn't intimidate me. But shame wants to replace courage And tell the story of who you are I told you in the very beginning That the first definition we have In the English Dictionary of Courage Was to tell the story of your heart Shame tries to come in And to also tell the story of your heart It just tells it through a filter (laughs) That is completely darkness And you have to understand this Because shame typically enters in through a mistake It, It enters through a mistake But it stays through a lie Shame enters through mistakes But it stays through lies All of us make mistakes Shame always tries to enter But you can let it keep going It doesn't have to stay But it comes in through a mistake And it stays through a lie And basically we carry shame It's interesting because People that and This is something that I guarantee The majority of this room Has struggled with Or even might be struggling with It holds mistakes over your head And it gets you to the point where you don't want to do anything because you're so scared that someone will find out. Shame is like you blackmailing yourself. Hollywood's figured this out. How many movies have we seen where someone found out about something in someone's history? The bad guy shows up, he knows something about this person. And he convinces them to do exactly what he wants because if they don't, I'm going to tell everybody about what's in your history. Also known as shame. But how many of you know The Hollywood knows the only way we're going to have a good movie is if at some point they say enough is enough. I'm stepping out of this. You don't have to even be a Christian to know that nobody wants to carry that around. Movies, tons of movies have been made about the concept of shame coming in and controlling you. the problem is is if we are a child of God we weren't created to operate in darkness as a matter of fact you're not only called to be in the light Jesus said in Matthew 28 he said you are the light (laughs) this is where it gets fun right he doesn't just say this is Jesus he said you are the light of the world this is him talking to you you're not just around the light if you are a child of God you are the light you aren't created to walk to, to have shame hanging over your head. Yeah. It's not who he built you to be. And it's really hard to hide light behind darkness. Because yeah. light just tends to find a way through. But shame will convince you that you are really darkness where light can shine every now and again. Shame will come in and it will convince you that he is the light and he will come in every now and then he said to you wait a minute you're supposed to be the light to the dark places but shame says well maybe maybe if if it gets far enough behind me i'll get to experience some light maybe just just maybe one of these days i'll get to feel what it's like to be in the light again see how shame rewrites your story It rewrites things. It convinces you of things. It lies. It holds on through lies. And sometimes I think we as Christians have had a bad habit of sometimes putting things back in God's hands when he's saying, I died 2,000 years ago and rose from the dead so you can handle this. You see, he did everything about shame that he was going to do on the cross. Either it was finished or it was partly finished. It was done or it was kind of done. It's done. It's done. He said, You got it. You got what I got. It's yours. It's yours. So how do we how do we walk this this love the Lord with all your heart when shame is knocking on our door, when shame is God is hiding from mistakes, when shame is rewriting our story, and you actually believe that's your story now? How do we how do we get out of that? I'm gonna give you one or two things this morning, and they're gonna be tough. The first one is vulnerability. Whoa. I am shocked how many people come to the church and and say things like I just can't believe how real and open you are like it shocks me that there I mean that there must be such a culture that's not that way it's just you're just it's, it's no glory to me it's just you're open I'm like well how else would I be I mean you get me like you get all of me guys like when I preach I preach the way I preach it's me just is how I roll But some people are so shocked And I think are we really that Do we have like that big of an issue Where well, we're not open We're not vulnerable Vulnerability is the decision to. It's the decision Everybody say decision, decision. It's a decision to walk in the light I can't impart vulnerability <laughs> I have found that the sermons that I preach on That are impartable People like them more there are certain things you can't impart because they're a choice. I can't impart my choice to be your choice. There was an interesting interview I saw where a doctor interviewed some troops at Fort Bragg. And she asked some special forces guys this. Said if, she said, is there an example that you could give me on the field or off the field of courage that didn't require uncertainty, risk, or emotional exposure? I'll read that again. She asked them, can any of you in this room give me an example on the field or off the battlefield of courage that did not require uncertainty, risk, or emotional exposure? After a long silence, one of the young men who'd done many tours stood up and said, after all the tours that I've done, I can tell you without a doubt that there is no courage without vulnerability. Vulnerability is a decision. And it's not easy. I don't care who you are, it's not easy. But here's the crazy thing about vulnerability. Vulnerability, even when, when we're walking in shame and we're walking in unworthiness, it will expose all that. But it also contains freedom and joy and connection. Connection. It's scary because we look at the first part. Well, if I'm vulnerable, you'll see all my junk. But if you're vulnerable, you get to be set free. And I'm not talking. I'm, listen, you can, I know I can, I can feel it in my spirit. That some people are like, well, I've been vulnerable and taken advantage of. Welcome to vulnerability. I mean it. I wish I could get up and say, be vulnerable and no one will ever do anything wrong. There's just this problem, humans. <laughs> I, I'm one. You are one. We make mistakes. You have to be okay right up front with the idea of vulnerability will come with challenges. But you, that's a decision you have to make in the choice of opening up to be vulnerable. So what would it look like if the church was filled with vulnerable people? (laughs) The first thing it would challenge you with is how mature is your love? The first thing it would challenge me with is how mature is my love? It takes mature love to love someone when you know they're junk. It's way easier to love someone's cover story. It's way easier to love that and just leave it alone. But what about when you find out their fears, their insecurities, their addictions, their bondages? And yes, there's lots of them in this room. People tell me like, well, I know you're going to be surprised. I'm just like, not really. (laughs) Trust me, not really. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not even to the Christian part yet. I mean, we're having trouble with that piece. He's, so why you were still a hot mess, I loved you. You know you only came to him because he called to you we can't come to him unless he calls us and we respond he looks for it I was thinking this morning when I was preparing actually it was in prayer Peter remember Peter how can you not know Peter remember when he denied Jesus like he denied him to his face it's a big deal he denied Jesus it's one thing to be like, well, I don't go to that church. Like, he denied Jesus. I want you to get this. Like, someone comes up to you and says, are you Christian? I don't know Jesus. That's a big deal. Try saying that when he's standing right there. That's what, this is what Peter did. That's what Peter did. You know the story, Jesus died, he rose again. And who did he go after? Peter. He said, I got her storm. It wasn't a surprise. Like, oh, well, wait a minute. I didn't know he denied me. <laughs> he was fully aware. And he said, I got to go after Peter. I love Peter. You feel that in the room? Something just shifted right there. Shame just got hit really hard (laughs) like it just took a punch Jesus ran to the one you know you know Peter was feeling shame you know he was a human being that rejected the Savior you know he carried shame and Jesus said I gotta go visit Peter I love him too much You have to be okay with people that, and you know what? You got to be okay with people that aren't even seeking forgiveness. You got to be okay with the people that still think that they were right. And you're like, really? See, there's, there's this, this is what a powerful community of believers would look like, and I, I that's where we're, that's where we're trying to go. I'm not gonna say we're there yet, because that's, I just not. That's where we're trying to go. Is that people come in, they got their mess. I love testimonies. That's why I love them so much. To see people that were in their mess, in shame, in guilt, in condemnation. They were dead in their hearts. Get in the presence of the Lord. This morning when they were singing, did you feel that? Did you feel when they went into how he loves us, how it felt like, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It felt like, like the Lord came in and just hugged everybody at the same time. I don't know how to explain it any other way. I felt like he came and just hugged me. That's why we worship. That's why we value the presence. Performance will not bring you that. It will not presence will. What would it look like with a community of believers that we believe this? They choose to move towards each other. And listen, I am being open with you this morning. This stuff's hard. It's hard to move towards someone when they've done you wrong. (laughs) Thanks, that honest person. (laughs) They said it's horrible. Just letting people know who's watching the stream. There's other here. Oh, vulnerable. Alright. I heard horrible. I feel horrible sometimes, man. It's like I'm not gonna lie, it feels pretty rough sometimes. Especially when you blew it. It doesn't matter who blew it, but what would it look like? It's vulnerability. People that choose to move towards each other. People that even when that other person spiritually stinks. I mean like the good, the bad, and the stinky. Like you keep moving towards them. I mean we'll toss you a spiritual bar of soap and try to clean you up some. But like we keep moving towards you. Years ago I preached a sermon I haven't talked about in a couple years. But it was on Sacrifices that made it through Sacrifices that made it through From the old covenant to the new covenant Because you know Like animal sacrifices Like Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice We don't have to do that anymore My wife's like thank you Jesus My wife would be in trouble She can't kill anything (laughs) But (laughs) But there were certain things that made it through One of them was a sacrifice of praise Right Another one was a sacrifice of fellowship. Sometimes it is a sacrifice to fellowship. Fellowship is a beautiful idea that takes a lot of work. We just want to do life together, just spend every moment together. We're going to be like a real family, like, like just like so together. Well, you want to get together tomorrow night? Well, like, like my husband works late tomorrow night. And that's not, like, right? Isn't this what we go through? It's like, well, and then, like, how about the next day? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this child has a baseball game. Uh, yeah, you come to that. You yeah, cool? Oh, my kid has a baseball game, too. Well, day after, yeah. And how many of you know that it's like this beautiful idea? And I heard a quote one time it's like, community is 10% inspiration and 90% perspiration. Fellowship, doing, it's a great idea, yeah. but it's a sacrifice. Because you know God likes to put the people in your community that also push you. Yeah. You like to create your community of, like, everybody's like, oh, we're, like, so much alike. Right? right? Yeah. We hang out. It's like, well, brothers and sisters? Well, I don't know. My brothers and sisters weren't quite like that, but, right. like... <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had that great, you know, I have a great family, but my brother, whew, (laughs) he's the Italian one. I love my brother. The stories. The first time, and I'm about done, so I have a moment to tell you this. The first time Craig ever met my brother, we'd had a rough afternoon. Like, we were trying to do this install in my kitchen with this gas line, and Something that should have taken, like... And he's trained in all that jazz. Some of you are like, oh, my goodness. No. He, uh... We went to... How many know when you're, like, on your third trip to Home Depot? It's not good. Like, within an hour or two. Every time you drive back, it's getting worse. The first one's like, yeah, I'll ride with you. Come on, let's go together. The second one's like, let's go. Third one's like, you're going. I ain't going. So, <laughs> So we went. So we're, this is my story. I got the mic. You got to hear it. So we're, we're, we're a third trip, right? And we go find the right stuff and we bring it up. Third trip. It's like we're doing. And there's no barcode on it. Right? It's all the way across the store, right? You know that is. That's the only time there's no barcode is when it's what you bought from across the store. And, and so we're at the self checkout and one of the sweet ladies is like, oh my goodness, there's no barcode. And the other lady, no joke. I wouldn't she's like oh my goodness would you look at that there's no barcode she's like where's the barcode she's like i don't know and we're like <laughs> and they're back and forth oh there's no it had to have been four or five times there's no barcode my brother <laughs> if this is the item that's in their hands he goes and he walks all the way across the store. He's like, I guess I'll be the employee right here. And so, but then we got home and Craig had never met my brother. And, and he comes in and my brother's like steaming. Like, you know, I'm like, hey, this is Craig. He's like, hey. Craig's like, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. What's the point, man? Brothers and sisters, it ain't always just like flowers and butterflies. <laughs> right? If you're in a group with this many people in the room, there will be conflict. There will be sacrifices, even in the great times. There are sacrifices, but we can't be a people. If you want to be able to see a place that gets rid of shame, we have to welcome it out of them. I'm going to wrap it up. <laughs> so how do we, let's, 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 end on this, this here. How do, we, how do we walk in this kind of love practically? <laughs> how did Jesus choose us even when we were a mess? <sighs> let's see if I got this one. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It said that, actually, let's just read one because it's so good. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Listen to this. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. And here's the part I want you to get. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame we were the joy that was set before him that he could be here and the cross could be here and the joy set its eyes on you and me The way that he got through, he scorned shame. He said, "You got nothing on me. Joy. And where does joy come from? What a what gratitude. It's hard to be thankful and not happy. <laughs> you want me to happy like a happy, not thankful person. <laughs> like they go together you're so happy but you're never thankful you don't ever hear that right that's not something you hear it's just they go together you're so happy you're so filled with joy you're so grateful Jesus operated from a place of giving thanks it's very simple it's the art I'm gonna call it the art of gratitude it's being thankful I had no idea they were singing that song this morning. At least, I, actually, you had told me and I forgot. They were singing that. I'm telling you, thank you. I mean, we started off a of service with just giving thanks. Giving thanks. We can't impart vulnerability. It's a decision. We can't impart a grateful heart. It's a decision. I often say I believe that a grateful heart is one of the most powerful weapons that's not talked about. I don't meet many people that are grateful that are just always upset. They're just, they carry something with them. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. This is probably the weirdest resurrection Sunday sermon you've ever heard, but in all reality, is this not why he died and rose? He's he got rid of shame, so we can love the Lord with our whole heart. Courage is not something you get from a conference. It's it's conferences can light your fires and then you realize you're filled with courage but you've got courage I told you I'll go back to the, what I opened with the word the Latin word for heart is core courage love the Lord with all your courage be courageous Let's stop believing. We're gonna kick out shame. I uh, I have a soft spot for people with shame. I really do. I I think all believers should on it. But and I sometimes I don't see it all. So if you're dealing with it, and you don't feel like you've gotten it from me. I apologize. But I the Lord is. <laughs> He's hooked me up with friends sometimes. I'm like, why in the world did you hook me up with this person? (laughs) Like, I know what's coming with this. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? I remember when I was going out to get ordained. And I I went to a, a, a lunch. And it's called Young Emerging Apostolic Leaders. I didn't know, like, what I was stepping into. And I go into to this lunch, and um, some of you know who he is now. who wasn't anybody back then, but Sean Bowles, um, he was one of the guys there. And it was just a little group of us. It wasn't, wasn't many people. Um, and there's some rough dudes in there. Like, they didn't look like I thought you should look. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you're scary. Like, and they're saying things that I didn't think you should say. But they were doing things that I hadn't seen anyone else do. And all of a sudden, I was faced with, am I right? Are they right? Am I judging? And I I was, we're in this lunch, and we're hearing all these opinions, and there's lots of them. Some strong ones, too. And I remember one of the guys that was the scariest looking guy there. It's actually a good friend now. The dude has so many tattoos. There's, like, nothing left on his body but his face. Like, like he even told me last time he made a joke. He's like, we should get matching tattoos. He's like, but it's going to have to be on the face because I'm out of real estate. I'm like, dude, I ain't getting no tattoo on my face. Like, you're... <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It's so... Uh, we're friends now, but... um Remember in that meeting, <laughs> he was like sitting there. His face is like that. I'm gonna kill you when I'm not. Like I'm just chill face. Like, like, <laughs> I, are you offended? He's like, oh dude, I'm good. I'm like, well, why are you looking so mean? Like, and he was sitting there like really mean. You know? what I'm saying? He's like just bruh. And then I'm like, all right, we're leaving. Lunch is over, and we're leaving. He starts chasing me. That's truth, right? I hear the door open. Poof, like those doors out there. And he's like coming after me. I'm like, go, 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 go. go, and, and then it comes up faster I go. He's moving quicker. And he's just like, and he grabs my shoulder. And, and like, and he spun me around. And he looked at me in the eyes. And he said, he said, I just love your heart. I'm like, oh, now I feel like a jerk. I'm like, (laughs) like what a big jerk I am. I'm like, and and (laughs) there's certain people in that room that day that have had a lot of issues since that day, and they're my friends. I'm just that guy that believes that shame has no place in the life of a believer, and. I'm just also that guy that I'll I'll put my neck out there to see it removed because Jesus was willing to go after Peter who wasn't repentant. He chased him down and he said, "You got to get this off you." That's what we want to be. So let's stand up. We're going to remove this stuff and I'm going to send you home. Thanks for going with me so long. In a moment, we're going to have a prayer team because I believe, I feel strongly that there's going to be a lot of you that need additional prayer this morning. Not like, that sounded bad. (laughs) Some of you just need a little extra this morning. No, not what I meant. (laughs) Listen, if that's what the Lord said, no. Sometimes there's only so much we can do surface level in a corporate prayer. So sometimes you need someone else to agree with you. Right now, I just want to start with, uh, I told you earlier, I want you to find something. Some of you, it's really hard for you to find something to be grateful for right now. But I want you to find whatever that is. It might be a child. Might be a spouse. Might be the church. Whatever that is, you've got to find something to set your heart on that you're grateful for. If we can get in that place, that was where Jesus could walk right through, deal with the cross and get around to the other side. Because he was grateful and he had joy. So I want you right now all throughout the room just try to find something to connect your heart with, that you're grateful for. Just what is it? Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you thank you. And when you got it, just just tell him thank you. Thank you, Father. Release it through the atmosphere. There's a corporate anointing. Let joy just flow through this place. Thank you, Father. Now, let's get rid of shame. Let's get rid of shame. Okay. I want to speak. I just feel like I need to speak to it. I speak to shame right now. I tell you, you've already been beat Jesus took care of you on the cross so you've been beat you've already lost and you're trying to weasel back in but you've lost and whatever it is that you're worried about whatever it is that's happened that shame came in through that I want you to know that in the presence of the Lord there's fullness of joy and you don't have to worry about it. You can be vulnerable if you even if you don't feel vulnerable with a person in this room, start off by being vulnerable with him. Sometimes that's step one is to actually be vulnerable with the Lord. He is your father. Tell him right now, what's your fear? See, that's the lie. See, it comes in through a mistake and it hangs on through a lie. So, whatever it is you're afraid of, tell him. Release it to him. I'm afraid someone's going to find out. I'm afraid this. Whatever it is, release it. Tell him. You don't say it out loud, just tell him. Be vulnerable with your father. Jesus' name I release in the place of shame shame now, get off and you need to tell whatever that lie is Okay, whatever it is, you need to say in Jesus' name I kick you out of my life whatever that is, whatever it is I kick you out of my life and I'm shutting the door that shame no longer has a place in me shame no longer has a place in me you tell it, shame you don't have a place in me I'm better than that You can say that. I'm better than that. We cast out every lie. We break every agreement that we've made with the enemy. And we agree with what you're saying over us. And he's calling you in to love the Lord with all your heart. He's jealous of your heart. He won't share. He doesn't want to share with shame. He wants it all. So we give it to you. We give it to you. Now I pray that courage, (laughs) courage would awaken. Some of you, it's been like sleeping giant that has just been sleeping. I speak that it would wake up. Wake up. Wake up, courage. Wake up, courage. Wake up, courage. And Father, I pray that you would help us be a mature people who love well help us be a mature house that loves well in Jesus name <laughs> now joy you're going to feel it joy release right now yeah joy in this house guys he's alive <laughs> Hey, hey, and guess what? You're alive. <laughs> I want to welcome up the prayer team. I want to bless you. I know uh, prayer team can come forward. Uh, Elizabeth in. will, right here, she's in. Just, she will, uh, if you just come up to her and she'll send you in a moment to someone that can pray with you, I want to bless you. I also want to say, if you are not in relationship with the Lord come down here and pray with one of these folks. They will lead you into relationship with the Lord. I believe that that should be something that is an intimate connection. If you need to come, or maybe you were in relationship with the Lord and you walked away, come up here and they'll pray with you. They'll lead you back into the relationship. Father, I bless everybody that's here. I bless you as you go your way with your families that today would be a day of true celebration and victory. That we would remember that we are alive because He is alive a day of joy we love you we honor you we bless you in jesus name amen